Hello, listeners. This is Ryan. Uh, I need to make a little disclaimer at the top of the show this week. I noticed some fan noise on Luke's computer last week, so I suggested to Luke that he could restart his computer finally and clear some things off to make it run a little faster. And he did that. And then he seems to have accidentally reset the drivers for his laptop. So this week, when it came time to record, instead of recording with his microphone as usual, he recorded through the onboard microphone on his laptop. This is particularly ironic because he chose to talk about how much better he sounded this week in this week's episode's opening segment. So unfortunately, Luke does sound a little fuzzy, a little foggy this week. Um, I sound wonderful as always. And next week, Luke will hopefully sound just fine. Once again, I'm very sorry for this. And honestly, I feel like it's my fault. Uh, So without further ado, here's this week's The Content Minds. Hello, my name is Ryan Broderick, and I've had a powerful, powerful um, urge to eat Korean fried chicken for like two weeks, and I can't scratch the itch, and it's just, it's driving me nuts. Have you been eating Korean fried chicken? I tried to order it, in, but in, I'm in Boston, I'm in the Boston area now, and like, it's, it's not Boston known, for, known for his Korean fried chicken. It's not, and Korean fried chicken isn't really a thing that can be delivered very easily either, so I, you know, I'm having a tough time. Who are you? I am Luke, and I am uh, going to apologize for the the sound quality of mine last week, which was due to my laptop fan overworking because I had uh, nine hundred ninety one items stored on my desktop, oh, which yes. I have just cleared. That's where that's where everything on the computer should go, right? Is on the desktop. Yeah, it's the closest, most accessible thing. Therefore, we put everything there. Exactly. Yeah. Welcome to the Content Minds. This week, we are going to be talking about the content industrial complex around nerd TV shows and nerd movies and stuff. And I want to put a disclaimer at the top. Yes, we are probably going to be talking about Marvel stuff, among other things. There might be minor spoilers, particularly for WandaVision. Um, but yeah. I will put uh, like a special spoiler warning if we go that far into this stuff. Yeah, because there's, there's some stuff we need to talk about in it, I think, in order to make the rest of this make sense. But uh, yeah, we'll put it towards the back. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have a yeah, little we'll I'll have a little alert that'll pop up to be like we have entered the spoiler world now. Yeah. Uh, but first, Luke, how's the internet this week? It has been very memey. Yeah. There's been an awful lot of like big viral moments in a way that. You know, you kind of would have predicted because of the Super Bowl, because that usually brings some viral moments about. But it's not; they've not really been a Super Bowl thing. Like the biggest one was was probably uh, uh, the weekend and the Hall of Lights. I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Why would I watch the Super Bowl? Uh, you didn't watch the Super Bowl, but it's the biggest event in the world. It's true. I hear Tom Brady is the biggest sportsman ever, oh. the most successful sportsman ever. I don't know what's worse: the people who are like Tom Brady is the best athlete in the world, or the people who are like. Actually, there here's a bunch of athletes that are better, and it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, well, but you're not gonna convince Tom Brady fans to be woke. Like, it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> it's like you're not gonna do it. The worst bit of it, though, was that 
I think it was actually the Athletic did a thing where they were like, is Tom Brady now the greatest athlete of all time? We need to have a conversation. Uh, and they decided that, you know, having talked about it, they thought that, you know, he was maybe a little bit better than Babe Ruth and LeBron James and uh, other uh, other players who only play in sports that America plays. And no point did they mention Lionel Messi or Jonah Lomu or any of the other sports the rest of the world plays. Right. Well, that's that's what Americans do is we create our own sports, only let basically like white guys get good at them <laughs> and be like they're the best athletes in the whole world. Yeah, I mean, I think I think really we should be talking about, you know, why Henry Shefflin is not considered the best athlete of all time. Who's he that? Was a, he was a great hurling pl- player. Was he really good at hurling? Yeah. And hurling is when you throw the big ball. It's not when you it's not curling when you th- when you push the big uh, ball thing. Hurling's the one with the sticks. What? Hurling has sticks? I thought it was when you just like chuck. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm thinking of shock put, shot put. I'm th- thinking yeah. of shot put. No, no, yeah, you're thinking of shot put. No, hurling is the team sport they play in Ireland where you have sticks and you throw the ball backwards and forwards and try and catch it on your stick and then use your stick to throw it. Actually, no, you don't catch it on your stick. You, you, you catch it with your hands and then put it at the end of your stick and basically whack it a really long way and then someone else catches it. I have never heard of this. No, exactly. Well, you know, this is my point. Henry Shefflin, you know, great, great hurling player, and uh, all right. Well, hurling, a great hurler, technically, I think. A hurler. Well, that's pro- that's probably why that this hasn't picked up in America. Is I don't think we could call people <laughs> hurlers. Uh, yeah, I think that's you know, but you know who I think is the Tom Brady of the internet? Who? Rebecca Black. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, it is. It is wild that we have hit ten years since that. Have you heard the remix this morning? I haven't heard the remix because I, I, it's not Friday. Do you want it? Do you want to react to it live? Do you want to check it I'll out? I'll react to it live. Okay, hold on. Let's uh, let's do this because it's interesting. Uh, you don't need to watch the whole thing. I think you'll get immediately with like what's happening here. Uh, I love it because I like hyperpop, which is like a type of music that she's going for. All right, all right. It's been years since I've listened to this. Okay, so this is this a re-record? It's a remix. I mean, they they they've redone the video, right? So I would have assumed that if you've redone the video, it might as well just re-record it. Well, there's like there's features on it, so like Dorian, Electra, and Big Frida, and Three O Three appear, and I believe it was, of course. I believe it was produced by Dylan Brady from A Hundred Gex. Like, it's a bunch of like pretty cool people on it. It's um, I mean, it's not good, but the original <laughs> wasn't good. It's not good in the same way the original wasn't good. It's captivating in the same way the original was, I think. Like, I have thoughts about it, you know? Yeah. I don't think I've had thoughts about the original. It was just, it was there always. So, you know what I haven't looked at in a while? What? Is whether or not the Google trends for Rebecca Black's Friday still peak on a Friday. Oh, because they used to all the time. For years. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to check that now. It does still peaks on a Friday. You know, that's really nice. That's good. I'm, That's I'm good. really happy about that. Um, I, I, so this this episode will come out after the garbage day writing thing that I've been doing all day about <laughs> Friday, and it's it was shockingly difficult to write about the impact of that song because it's so like intrinsic to like the way the internet is that like it would be like a fish writing about water. Like it just doesn't feel it. It also is is so mined for like content that I. I struggled actually to figure out what I was going to say about it. In a way, it was incredibly ahead of its time. 
I think it created our current era. Actually, I think that I think in many ways, like Friday was the moment. Like when we go, like okay, when did the internet become this internet? It was Friday. But it was also it had the moment of it was an internet thing, but it was it wasn't really intended to be. No, like it was it was a an era of music when they just figured out like here are the 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 building blocks and you just put them in order in a way that you like and therefore you will have this thing right it was also interesting to me i didn't remember this that it came out in february like 10 years ago today but then it didn't go viral until like march because the internet moved like really slowly well yeah but it also just wasn't a big song like it wasn't it it, it wasn't ever intended for people to see it it was basically my memory of this and this may be wrong is that her parents basically paid for her to produce a music video as a like 13 year old or 14 year old whatever she was at the time uh which was kind of just like a fun gift from for her from them yes like it wasn't supposed to be anything and then it became a thing because it appeared on the internet like it, it went viral because it was so well yeah and in the yeah. in the early 2010s like the internet was just obsessed with like terrorizing teenage girls so like they were like 4chan was just constantly looking for like a new girl to harass. Yeah, it's good that that is no longer a thing. Yeah, it's great. It, that's over. We've come a really long way. We've come a really I, long way. I tweeted about this this week actually, and I've been thinking about it since, and I think I keep I keep coming back to it, which is like there's an awful lot of kind of millennials versus Gen Z discourse going on at the moment. Yeah, an awful lot of Gen Zers making you know saying like I hate these things millennials do, and everyone's like oh my god, such an incredible read, and it's. I couldn't figure out like why it threw me off, but it turns out it's for the same reason as many things throw, throw me off. Uh, misogyny. Uh, and because all the things in these lists are things that women do. It is skinny jeans, it is side parted hair. It is. Hey, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. I, uh, I currently have a side parted haircut and I'm wearing skinny sweatpants, so. Yeah, but it's that. It's uh, BuzzFeed quizzes, it's liking wine. It's all this stuff that is like, oh, you don't hate millennials, you hate women. Well, cool. yes, this is happening. yes and no. I think I think every generation to well, at least millennial culture was created by like white urban dwelling women. Like when we think of the millennial, we think of like avocado toast and we think of like being an intern at a fashion magazine and loving Harry Potter and like. Right. It's misogyny all the way down. If we wanted to do like what a millennial is, according to men, it's like you're vaping and playing yes, NBA right, exactly. 4K my, or whatever. This is my point. This is why like the original millennial stereotype became another way to essentially poke fun at women. Oh, yeah. But it always and, will. And, it, and now Gen Zers are doing the same thing and, and do, yeah, just doing the same thing just generationally rather than intergenerationally. Yes. But he's all well, I don't know if this is like. A thing that's well it is happening in the uk because you guys have this like argument all the time but i think like right now america is having like a very hard problem like reckoning with like a very particular kind of middle class woman in her like late 30s and early 40s because they've torn our country apart and i feel like there's just like a lot of like chaotic discourse about like whether or not we hate white women (laughs) as as a country uh which like you know like after the insurrection like and after they're like huge support of Trump over the last four years and, and the, the the rise of the Karen and all this and that, like I get why it's being talked about, but also like Gen Z, like the oldest Gen Z kid is like, what, like 22? They're all morons. They're all like, <laughs> they're all like idiot babies. They don't know anything. Yeah, they are. But it's, I don't know. It, it was still a thing of, and it, it's still a thing of when you see it, and you're like, Oh yeah, no, that's, that's what's happening here. Yeah. Again. Although like, I agree with them. Like Harry Potter sucks ass and like millennials are embarrassing. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But to be fair, so are Gen Z. Oh, well, they're deeply embarrassing because they don't care about anything. Yeah. 
Basically, you know, Gen Z and millennials, male and female and non-binary people are all embarrassing. Everyone's embarrassing. I, yes. I, I hate Gen Z. Was that not, I'm sure, was that not a song? Everyone's embarrassing? It was. An ex- it feels extremely millennial. Everything is awesome from the Lego movie. Yes, Sky Fairia. Fairia? I can't say that. Everything is embarrassing. Oh, I like Sky Fairia. Which, which is a peak millennial song. It is a peak millennial song. And one of the few people of that era that hasn't radicalized into the far right, like Ariel Pink. I, don't know, I haven't. I haven't looked her up recently. Let's not. <laughs> that's true. Uh, talking of other, uh, uh, I think zillennial women, because that's the thing now. I really enjoyed the discourse around uh, Phoebe Bridges smashing her guitar on SNL. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, like that's another one where like everyone's embarrassing in the situation because like all of the like extremely mean leftist dudes in their mid thirties who are like breathlessly defending everything about her is like, just as like weird and cringy to me as like all of the weird, sad dads who like, don't like her. Like, I feel just like everyone should just stop talking about her and just like, listen to her music. If you like it and just like, shut up. <laughs> that That's the reaction I get when I stare at Twitter for too yeah. long. Yeah. See, I just think, yeah, everyone should shut up about it, but also, it is quite lame to have a pre-planned guitar smashing stunt. Yeah, I mean, all guitar. I mean, like, first of all, playing on SNL is lame. <laughs> like, That's true. Like, like, no one's done a good SNL performance in a long time. I, I like publicly trying is really embarrassing. What? Oh yeah. I mean, I like I like Phoebe Bridges. I wish that I didn't get her so constantly confused with the name of what's her face from Fleabag. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller. Yes. I mean, I, but the, uh, what's it? The, bro- the, the, the defiant Brooklyn dad guy. That's, that's who everyone's yeah. mad about right now. Right. Yeah. Which like, I kind of put in the bean dad category where it's like another like weird man in his like mid forties who everyone's just like, you need to like stop being horny on the internet. And who has a Patreon for his tweets. Yeah. Which, well, he's like, he's a Trump reply guy. He he became like a professional yeah. Trump reply guy, which is like kind of incredible that that was even a lot. Like I thought I had a pretty bad time during the Trump era, but at least I can say that I didn't become a Trump reply guy celebrity. That's true. You know, I, I can, I can say that proudly. Yeah. Or, or one of the like half dozen guys who just spent four years clipping Trump or just tweeting everything that Trump did for hundreds of thousands of followers and who i assume now are all dead in rehab oh you know. mean like the cable news bros who just like who, yeah. who like pirate cnn clips onto twitter all day well there's that vox guy i can't remember his name uh, just, aaron yeah, just rupar i think his name is yeah just tweets like endless threads of trump clips which you know it works i guess it works it's, it like, seems weird if you if you don't mind just like having adobe premiere and like OBS open all day, just like ripping stuff off of like a sling box. Yeah. Like I get, like I, I did, I've done that work before. Like you sit and you clip stuff and you put it on Twitter for retweets. You can get a lot of retweets because people on Twitter don't want to have to look at TV. So if you put TV clips on Twitter, people will share it. That's true. You know? Well, I mean, if you put any clips on Twitter, people will share it, which is what we discovered this week, I think. Yeah, well, speaking of we've, clips, have you... We've had two big clips. What clip do you, do you want to talk what, about? Well, I was going to talk about the Spider-Man musical clip. Oh, I was going to talk about the Hansforth Parish clip. What? Which one's... Oh, is that the one with the Zoom call? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That and, they're, and they're yelling at the woman because she doesn't have Were you also going to talk about the lawyer one? I was also going to talk about the lawyer one. Actually, I can talk about them both in the same sequence because they're the same thing happened. Okay. We are... We are approaching like the meme singularity where every stage of the meme cycle happens simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, yeah, because the lawyer was milkshake that this morning, right? 
the lawyer was milkshake this morning uh but he had already been on like multiple radio and tv shows over here and over there and in other countries like he'd been on like australian tv overnight uh he was on like our opening of the day show the, the, the today program which is on the radio because we're british not like right you know it's because no one wants to see british people actually on tv yeah, it was up on the New York Times within like an hour of being tweeted or two hours of being tweeted, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, so it just it, it never had a moment of bubbling up. It just appeared and then it was over. It felt within... very forced to me too. Like it felt over. It was like over before I even noticed it. And I spend all day on the internet. Yeah, it was it was very quick. And the Hansforth Parish thing had a very similar cycle. I probably got quite big over there, but it went huge over here. Appeared late on a Friday, which is, you know, a bad team time for a meme to emerge. Mm. Uh, but by the next day, it had been everywhere. She has been on the radio for like constantly for like a week. Everyone has written think pieces about it, including our outlook. Like we've done it as well. Um, and it was just this immediate cycle of like essentially a 30 second clip. Yeah. So yeah, meme singularity, the entire cycle has been compressed down to about 14 hours. <laughs> just so we're clear, the... The the lawyer clip we're talking about is the guy on the Zoom call who uh, accidentally called in with a cat filter on his or cat picture on his face, and then I needed to clarify that he was not a cat, and then which I think was the bit that made it. And then it was revealed that he may have been leading a years long harassment campaign against an ex lover, which culminated in a violent DEA raid of her head shop, which which he did not do well well having a cat filter. No, no, he was not a cat when he did yes, that. I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. And the parish clip we're talking about is the local UK town council that erupted in arguments on a Zoom call and they blocked somebody and they started screaming at each other. Yeah, about whether or not someone had read the bylaws, the, story, the standing orders. You have no authority here, Jackie Weaver. No authority at all. She's just kicked him out. No, she's kicked him out. Don't, don't. She's kicked him out. Don't. This is a meeting called by two councillors. Illegally. They now elect a chairman. No, they can't because the vice chair's here. I take charge. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. It's interesting that you say that about the the meme singularity, though, because it's like there was this feeling, especially to the lawyer one, where I was like, this didn't it felt it felt extremely manufactured. It felt like they were just like a bunch of journalists sitting around being like, oh, I can turn that into content. And then they did. And everyone was like, oh, that's pretty funny. But like it didn't feel like there was it didn't feel like there was like an actual organic push behind it. It felt like it had just been plucked and chosen to be viral. A little bit, but it also did. I think part of it was it did go viral very fast. Maybe that's what it was. Like, it was just so fast. Like I, I, I think I think it was first tweeted at like six, and I saw it like an hour and a bit later, and it had like four and a half thousand retweets. Okay, so, so yeah. it, went, it just went viral very very fast because I think yeah, I don't know. It's that thing of you see something you're like, oh, that's viral, but it's yeah, it felt it did feel a little bit artificial because it was so quick. Yeah, and I also suspect there's just probably a lot of people now who were a lot busier in the media <laughs> now they're not because a certain someone isn't around anymore to just like turn yeah. into content so we're gonna get like lots of weird stuff being written about for no reason which is kind of you know nice i guess yeah we get it gonna get it written about very very quickly as well yeah did you see the spider-man turn off the dark clip that was going around <laughs> i did yeah I, I, did you know I, i've seen that live i sure it's really I, bad 
I'm, I'm not surprised. It's a Spider-Man musical. <laughs> written by, written by Bono. <laughs> but it, it's funny that like we're at this weird moment where a bunch of people are like rediscovering old stuff. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's very clear that like we, no one's gone outside in a year. So everyone's just like, oh, yeah, look at this old thing. Let's all talk about it again. Um, which is nice because I remember having these conversations the first time they came around. So at least now I can I can have something funnier to say now that they've come back around. Okay, say it. Oh, <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> I have a question. So was that the like main performance of it? Like, was that the the, the primary one? Because it looked like an incredibly small theater and extremely odd. Okay, so the clip that we're talking about was uh, tweeted by Rachel Leishman, who wrote anyway, which. Any tweet that starts with anyway, you know it's going to be good. (laughs) Anyway, it's important to remember that there is a song in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark that the Green Goblin sings called A Freak Like Me Needs Company and introduces the Sinister Six, including Kraven the Hunter. Um, This performance in the clip appears to be from a late night show performance on CBS. I'm not sure which late night show, but it wasn't the actual theatrical or it wasn't, you know, the, the onstage version. I saw it after a bunch of the, the paralyzations that happened. So things were a little more tampered down than they were. Um, my, the thing that I remember the most is that in the very first act flash Thompson or whoever flash. Yeah. Flash yells at Peter Parker and calls him like a sleek which isn't a word, and I think it was them trying to like invent cool teen speak. <laughs> that sounds right. Um, and I remember that being really weird. Oh, and then you see this in the clip, but they added a new member of the Sinister Six named Swiss Miss, who is a woman made of knives. Um, That's normal. Yeah, it's not a good. It's not good. It's really bad. It it looked exactly. It, it looked like people. I don't know the best way to put it. It, it looked like they were making a fake superhero musical it was yes. really strange it, it, like, it would be better if it was a movie about the making of the spider-man musical or a musical about the making of a bad spider-man musical like it was a producer situation that would be more interesting yeah that would be that would have worked yeah that's strange that's strange hmm. um i found that I found, uh, it was a weird clip and i don't understand why that ever happened but it was also a very strange period of kind of the superhero cycle yes because this was like no, this was like very early Marvel days. When did it first actually come out? I was in college. Came out. Oh, so twenty ten. No, no, no. Its first performance was two thousand eleven. Okay, yeah. So, so almost ten years ago. So almost it's it's, it's ten year anniversary. A lot of crazy shit happened so, in two thousand eleven, man. Yeah. Also, I'm just now realizing this will be the ten year anniversary of me graduating college. That's super fucked up. So they must have basically started planning this when the Iron Man first Iron Man movie did well. Well, no, because remember there was like the Iron Man movie did well, but like no one really knew like how to deal with it yet. Like no one really understood where yeah, things were going. This was not the way. This, I would argue, you know, maybe this was the way. Maybe this was. Maybe maybe we just need more of this. Whatever this was. No, it was like it was clear that like Sony or whoever like didn't understand, you know, what Spider Man was. I think this was also around the time of like the Andrew Garfield reboots. Like, no one knew what superheroes were supposed to be or how to deal with them. And I guess also, like, the Bono, or I guess also, like, Bono and the Eds just, like, really wanted to write songs about Spider-Man. I mean, sure. I just, that seems weird to me. Because they are (laughs) old men who don't 
I can't imagine they have money interests in superheroes. From what I have read, they wrote the songs first, and they were like, "These are about Spider-Man," and then they were like, "We got to figure out a way to do something with these," <laughs> and then turned it into a musical about Spider-Man. Yeah, sure. Why not? This is the problem when you are like hugely successful bands. You need someone to tell you this is a bad idea. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think you two has had that person for a very long time. Going about ideas, should we talk about the the taco mix video? You're talking about the counter nachos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I like it for what it is. I think it's interesting. I mean, if if people listening are interested in the world of Facebook videos, I have a great podcast for people to check out called <laughs> The Content Minds. If you go back a few, we we did a whole episode about the weird world of like algorithmically generated videos. I don't know. I it's it, 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 I I dug pretty deep into it. It's a troll, I think, but it's also like gross and even if it's trolling like you still did it (laughs) like you still you know like you it's not a prank if you just did it yeah (laughs) i mean it's yeah i I think it's it's this thing of people kind of doing pranks that are are not really pranks because they're just doing it it's like can you can you believe i did this awful video and it's like no surprises me that you did that i would not have done that but cool congrats um you did that you put your hands through a bunch of cheese and meat and you rolled it up like an ice cream cone and ate it yeah i I also just think like there's probably like a sexual aspect to it too you know like beautiful woman like running her hands through food slurry like that's that's a thing like mukbangs are someone's thing no i mean they're usually called mukbangs and you just like watch like a beautiful woman eat live octopuses on a live stream for a while uh you know whatever if that's what you want to do (laughs) i guess it doesn't hurt anybody (laughs) i mean it hurt me i was hurt by it All right, we're talking about a very specific thing. Uh, so what we're talking about is those sites that watch shows and then turn the stuff that happens on those shows into content really fast. Yeah. That's that's uh, sort yeah. of what we're talking about. Fast Twitch fandom response stuff. Yeah, like and 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 I should say that like these sites have lots of good people working at them and I think they have made. And we have both done this. We have both done this. I think this is. I enjoyed doing. It. I enjoyed. Doing I, it. I loved doing it for a while until I didn't love doing it anymore. But there is there, uh, and I think it has also made like you know talking about stuff you, you're interested in a lot more fun because there's a lot more stuff to talk about. Yeah. But under this umbrella, you've got like the fan theory stuff. You've got um, uh, more fan theory stuff. You have. Um, you've also got a thing that that has started to happen. Uh, which where people are like picking up on things that happen that are that are not references that are not anything, and it becomes this obsessive thing with like how clever things are. Where it's like he wore this jacket in episode one and episode five. Oh yeah, like, that's yeah, big. that's that's fine. People wear the same jacket. That's not a that's that's not anything. Yeah, that's that's big now. Yeah, I think my favorite one was uh, I remember seeing a fan theory about the movie uh, Crank with Jason Statham, uh-huh. uh, where he falls out the plane at the end. And someone put that it was actually quite clever because he was uh, falling out of the plane during the falling action of the film. Oh my god! It's like that's not that's not anything. That's unbelievable. I like stuff on the the. So there's a fan theory subreddit, which is just like you've got a fan theory, you put whatever 
you want there and you, you do it. And a lot of times the fan theory is just someone explaining the basic outline of the movie. And so it's just like, <laughs> someone being like, I'm pretty sure like in the matrix, most of the stuff that's tinted green is a simulation that Neo is in. And everyone's just like, dude, like that's literally just the plot. That's the movie. Like you're yeah. just describing how the movie works. And we we got to bring WandaVision into this, but I've also been thinking about like how long it's been going for. And I feel like the first TV show that this could have happened for, but didn't, and therefore kind of preserved the show for a long time was X-Files. Well, it did happen for X-Files, uh, but it didn't happen like... It wasn't easy to find like a lot of and I've, I sort of dug through this when I did a big X-Files rewatch a couple years ago because I was borderline depressed um, and I watched uh, nine seasons of it. Do not watch it after, by the way, do not watch it after season five because it gets really bad. But a lot of the ways we use the Internet right now were built by X-Files fans like message boards, blogs, like this sort of whole thing was invented by X-Files fans. But they, I think they just did it in a way that was less desperate maybe yeah i mean less desperate and less urgent as well i think possibly well technology yeah and, and technology was just slower too like it was just but you know you had people bootlegging x-files episodes and like passing around vhs tapes and and fan theories and all the rest of it but you also it also meant that you didn't end up with it like centralized it was a decentralized network there was no central yes i mean i assume there were xbox xbox x-files forums but I don't think that there was like a big Reddit board or a big Twitter account that collated them or, 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 you know, commercial websites that were invested in having as many of them as possible. So therefore it kind of existed outside that and meant you could speculate about it on a, a normal time frame. Right. And also like there wasn't the same culture of covering this stuff like wrestling the in the 90s. Yeah. So like there weren't people like covering the plot lines of the X-Files as if they were re happening to real people and mattered, which is like not true now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is, that is, that is true. Um, and then I think, so yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a big difference with the X-Files then and now, which means that, yeah, it also, I think means you're probably going to watch it differently. Cause I was thinking about this the other day about how I probably watch things slightly differently on the basis that I know I can go and access any of the important details afterwards. Right. You don't have to get it all on the first pass because it's not live. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's, it's, I mean, you know, you can watch it live on its first release or whatever. You're like, it's fine. If I am looking away or thinking about something else or checking my phone, which is usually it, then, and there is some hint of a, a character to appear in a future episode. It's fine. The internet will tell me and I don't need to worry about it. Uh, whereas, you know, who's the guy in the X-Men, the mythology of the X... X-Men or X-Files or Xbox? I've, I've said X-Men, X-Files and Xbox, and I'm not getting the right one ever. But in X-Files, uh, <laughs> in fact, in fact, one of one of those things was uh, was actually a, uh, oh God, a foreshadowing for, for a later in the episode. Oh, right, I right. meant to do that. Um, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say are you trying to say the smoking man the smoking man. okay yes. yes uh so that was kind of the mythology that they built that was there but you you know is sort of backgrounded uh but could be put together over the course of, of seasons and it was allowed to play out like right that. and i feel like it's much harder to make those things play out over a long time now well okay so so as someone who has recently done the entire x-files they 
it was it's really interesting construction because basically what they would do is they would do mythology episodes at the front of the season, maybe a mythology episode in the middle of the season, and then they would end with a mythology episode as a cliffhanger. So usually that meant like you wouldn't get any like big alien deep state smoking man bullshit until the later half of the season. And right. and that was like I think because for most people watching it week to week, like there was just no way to keep track of any of it except for going on message boards because there just wasn't a centralized repository of like every X-Files thing because no one even thought, I think, to really need that. Like average viewers right. weren't considered smart enough to be able to do that, to handle that. You need to make the show hang together without people constantly talking about the mythology of it. Yes, yes. Which which brings me to our, our next show, a show that is survives only on its mythology, which it turned out I didn't have any of, which is Lost. So I watched the first season of Lost. I got to the polar bear, I want to say, and I was like, this is stupid and I hate this and I'm not going to watch the it. The polar bear was super early. Super early, yeah. And I was just like, I don't the give a shit about was like, No, the polar bear was like episode four. Then then maybe I literally gave up after it. I, yeah. Or they like get to like a bunker. Or they find a bunker. That was like season three. So somewhere between the polar bear <laughs> and the bunker, I stopped you watching. Somewhere between one and three seasons. <laughs> one episode and three seasons of the show. <laughs> but that shows you just like how little I gave. Like, also, uh, there was like a thing at that time where like heroes was getting kind of popular and for a little bit heroes was like insanely cool and i was like i do not give a shit about lost i just want to watch heroes i'm not sure i chose the right one to watch but i don't think there was a good answer they were both bad i remember but it is interesting to me that like heroes lost and strangely how i met your mother all started like creating this weird idea of like a tv show you had to pay attention to on in, in on mainstream tv yeah, exactly. That that's actually really true that they all had that bit to it. Uh all of those shows turn, dealt with it awfully. Uh well, I don't I, I don't think any of them stuck the landing. Like I will say mother, of the three, I think, How I Met Your Mother got the far, like the farthest probably, which is weird to to think about. I think yeah, How I Met Your Mother kind of basically got over ambitious in its last season and didn't quite put together it just didn't land the character moments, but the plot itself was basically fine. Like it had, it had lots of like bouncy, weird things that it, it, it kind of worked. Yeah. Uh, Heroes. Heroes was a train wreck. It was a fucking train Heroes wreck. Heroes was a train wreck. It was wreck. so bad. It got so crazy bad. And they tried to bring it back, uh, like Heroes Reborn or whatever. It was. I don't remember. Yeah. But, but it was interesting that like, I guess that was, those all would have started around 2005, 2004, 2005, 2006, like that period of time. Yeah. And blogs were, like, just becoming popular enough to become businesses. And I feel like there was, like, definitely a symbiotic relationship there. It was that. But there was another thing that became popular then, which was torrents. Oh, yeah. Internet connections got fast enough to download stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I watched all of Lost on torrents. And I, I say all of Lost. I also gave up partly through. <laughs> I, just, I, just def- I definitely made it further new. There was a period when I was, like, into it and like trying to figure out what this stuff meant and all this noise. Uh, and it turned out it didn't mean anything. They had a bunch of cool lines that were going to draw between things, uh, but they didn't actually know why they were drawing the lines. But the thing that's crazy about this is all this time later, I can still remember the numbers from Lost. What are they? 
four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 42. Wow. That's like a part of your brain that like you would use to keep something really important and you can't keep it there anymore well, because the lost numbers. related. Yeah. The lost numbers are taking up like memory space in your brain. That's incredible. Yeah, exactly. I regularly can't like remember why I came into rooms or, or what I was supposed to be doing, but I can remember the lost numbers. <laughs> Um, but I think most people who watched Lost at that time also have that kind of weird memory of because they were in a bunch and it was and there was a lot of like speculation and stuff about it. But it was yeah, it was that kind of intersection of you can watch the show whenever you want, and also critically because you're watching on a laptop, you can freeze frame it. Mm. Because there were moments when um, and I, I I distinctly remember this. There would be like uh, you know there would be some scene that took place in the water, and then a shark would swim past, and the shark had like a logo on it. Right, I remember this. Yes. Yeah, and, but because you couldn't really see it properly, but if you paused it, you could see it. Right. And so it was kind of built for this, like, there are hints and there are things that it helps kind of, like, looking at it from, from, from a different perspective. Uh, Which was, that is a, it was interesting because that was kind of an evolution of the VCR gags that The Simpsons would put in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it kind of built this network of speculation and stuff around it in order to, yeah, run... <laughs> blogs i guess like well i think it i don't i i think it was like i think it was two things or maybe three things so the first time i ever remember like reading a completely bullshit fan theory on the internet that i completely believed and then have been disappointed about like ever since <laughs> was actually pokemon which was there was an early okay. rumor on the internet in probably the early 2000s so like probably 2000 this would have been between the red and blue era of Pokemon and like the next era of Pokemon. Okay. And the rumor was that you could access a new town in Pokemon red and blue called cloud city. And if you could, if you could, you could do this by like using a certain movement in a certain pattern. And then when you got to cloud city, you could get a blue Pikachu, which was called Pika blue. It turns out this was probably a description of a Pokemon called Meryl that wouldn't be released in, in America for many years. Um, right. And uh, Americans on the internet just like cobbled together some random nonsense to make it like seem like it was possible in the game. And I remember I mean, I, it's a good thing that Americans cobbling together random nonsense never got worse. Than it's that. really good. It's really, really cool to see how the Pokemon hack that I discovered as a little kid that wasn't real inspired QAnon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> same idea. <laughs> Um, so, but I think that there was this thing on the internet where like, there was so much information and no one in charge and no one really telling you how to put that information together. So there was this like culture of just like slapping bullshit together to see what would happen. And it was the same thing with like all of those 4chan theories where it's like, once again, like in Pokemon, actually in real life, you're in a coma, but, and this is all a dream and that's why you don't see your dad or like, you know, uh, Super Mario takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland and all this shit, right? Yeah. And so you have that going on in like the message board culture and like the more de like the super decentralized fan communities, and then you have these like blogs that are slowly rising up because like they're run by fans who have like enough resources to like put together a publication, and then you at the same at the same time you have these TV shows being like, oh wait a minute, people are paying attention to what we're doing and they're watching our stuff several times in a row to catch details. And it's like all three things just like culminated together to create the hell that we live in now <laughs> where I have to go well, yeah, on Reddit after the, every Mandalorian episode to catch all the details I missed. Because you know, you know what the next stage of this is. So I was actually struggling. I was going to put it in right there and I couldn't figure out what comes after Lost. 
Well, the next stage of this is the Facebook algorithm, uh, the, the, the incredibly powerful Facebook algorithm of 2014 to 2017, which is very much the ur-villain of our show. True. Uh, which then creates, blasts, creates, puts, makes these blogs big. Like, it, it means that people can share very, much more aggressively and stuff spreads faster. Yeah. So it means that blogs and websites get much, much bigger, much quicker. And these fan theories go from being, you know, esoteric or somewhere on the internet to everywhere on the internet. And everyone watching the show suddenly knows about these theories. Which right. eventually leads up to season eight of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens between yeah. Lost and season eight of Game of Thrones. I mean, it's also interesting because like Hollywood just simply can't move as fast as the internet, and so it's interesting to to look at like the the late two thousands and early two thousand tens, and see these filmmakers like experimenting with like okay, how do we inject details for obsessive fans and like you know. Oh, you know what the next one actually is? It's Breaking Bad. Well, it's Breaking Bad, but it's 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 two things at the same time. It's uh, for TV, it's Breaking Bad, and for movies, it's the post credit scene. It is, yeah. Um, but Breaking Bad would be about, uh, the podcast. <laughs> if you're looking for a podcast dedicated to the exploration of post credit scenes, I recommend Post Post Credit Scene, a podcast spinoff for Patreon exclusive. Uh, check it out; it's on our Patreon. Um, no, you're right because I remember Breaking Bad starts. Breaking Bad started around the same time, but it went longer. And Breaking Bad had like this Breaking Bad and Mad Men were two shows where people were like obsessed with the idea that like characters were secretly dead the whole time. Or it was like it was a weird like Mad Men, especially people went fucking crazy about about like weird Mad Men stuff. Yeah. And it was very strange because it was Mad Men ultimately was just a very straightforward show. Yeah, it was a good show, but it was a very straightforward show in which the main thing was a guy being a dick a lot like that was the right. entire show and by like 2011 all these blogs were being like megan draper has secretly been dead the whole time and is building to the manson family murders and it's like why would it it's about yeah, advertising in the 50s thing. like what are you talking about and it turns out the whole thing was just leading up to him inventing the coca-cola commercial yeah and it's <laughs> the same it's the exact same thing with um Actually, you know, I've never seen the last three episodes of Mad Men. That's literally that's literally what it's building to is that he comes up with the like the oh. famous Coca Cola commercial or whatever. But yeah, so Breaking Bad did the same thing where there was an awful lot, of, but I think Vince Gilligan kind of played into it a little bit more and did do an awful lot of references and stuff. And by the final season, like he was doing things like I remember there was there's a sequence in the final season where he waltzes in the desert and he carries something past his like the trousers that he had in the first episode that like fell off the, the, the van. So like he was definitely building stuff in there deliberately and, and carefully, which, you know, fair enough. Uh, you can do it. And I think that was the show that kind of bridged the gap of, you know, we are sticking to our initial story, which was still good and great and, and strong, but we are going to build in these bits for everyone else. And we are going to think very carefully about this and make this work. Yeah. Wait, we forgot um, but- something. We forgot yeah. something really important. I actually just this just dawned on me. There is a link between the X Files and the Lost era, and we totally skipped it. And it like sort of it sort of like cements this entire thing, which is the Phantom Menace. Okay. The Explain. entire the entire massive violent hype cycle around, leading up to the <laughs> Star Wars prequels, down to like it inspiring a movie about a real life Star Wars fan with cancer who is trying to watch the movie before he dies. Like it was like mythical levels of hype like people were going insane only to discover that these movies are mediocre at best 
and it created this like it, it was sort of the moment where like the fandom concepts that had been building for like two decades three decades finally like came out into into the public and finally like were able to use a fast enough internet to communicate and i remember the the crazy nonsense bullshit that was gonna be in phantom menace according to the internet it was just it's insane if you go back it's insane and i feel like it created this entire era of like oh we know these people exist and we can like we can go into our marketing meeting and we can say like these deranged lunatics will watch our TV show over and over and over again, and we need to put stuff in there for them to watch. Yeah, and that's we're gonna what, we're gonna we're gonna put one mild thing in the background, which is going to obsess them all forever. Right, and it's like okay, once we do that, then we have this army of weirdos who will like promote our show for us for free, and so you end up getting the the lost era where it's just like a ton of random nonsense that goes nowhere, and then you get like that middle area where. It's now expected, but it's not happening regularly enough to like feed the blog. So people get weird about Mad Men, even though it's like not doing that. Yeah. And Breaking Bad had enough very minor details in it that were good, but actually didn't lead to the plot at all. At all. And then you get Game of Thrones, which is like yeah. kind of sort of like the pinnacle of it, but then also just like the moment it all starts to curdle and go insane. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on record as, as being as the defender of the final season. But <laughs> the one thing I think about with Game of Thrones a lot is the uh, the dragon has three heads line. I mean, there's so much of that. And it also like Game but, of Thrones... But, but no, but it was that thing of the dragon has three heads. And the, the reason why that prophecy existed was because there are three dragons. Right. It's it's actually really simple, but it was a centerpiece of like every single fan theory for like four years. Until you look at it, you're like, oh, what it probably means is that there are three dragons. But I mean... Game of Thrones is also interesting because it has the same dynamic that the Marvel movies have, which is that it has a source material. And when you're adapting the source material, it gives fans like room for interpreting kind of like QAnon actually. But I mean, all of this is like QAnon. Let's be real. Yes. But like, you know, it, it gave rise to a bunch of Game of Thrones experts. Like I follow a bunch of people who for eight years, their careers were studying Game of Thrones source texts and then interpreting what could happen in that episode. You, you want to hear a really fucked up, like, fandom content-like thing? Hit me. I will not name the website. <clears throat> but there is at least one website that had a team of people watching Game of Thrones episodes at 2x speed with subtitles on. Oh, yes. I've heard this. To summarize what was going to happen to have recap posts ready the moment the episode ended. If not before. Yeah. Which is gross and disgusting. And it's insane. Crazy. The problem with Game of Thrones is also that it became centralized on various Reddit boards, which were so huge and so many people used that they all led to everyone having the same material. And it was quite hard to develop your own material. Let's let's talk about Reddit, because I feel like this is sort of like the main engine of this entire culture. Yeah, I would agree. Cause, and I think the reason for that is the upvote system. Interesting. Say more about well, that. Well, no other... Um, Really, no other social network has a system where you go on and you say, I would like to see the most popular thing, mm. and it will show you the most popular thing, uh, which by default is the thing that most people are interested in, job done. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, Twitter, you know, you will probably see, if a tweet has 50,000 retweets and it's something similar to what you like, you will probably see the tweet. Facebook, a little bit less so because it's, it's, it's a bit too big. But Reddit, you can go and say, hey, I would like to see all of the cool things about this episode. Right. And you can, and you can, scroll, you can scroll down and be like, the first... 12 are interesting the next six are meh. and then after that it's people saying i think i saw a, a ghost in the scene or whatever yeah and then there's also like 
the ability to you can make a fan community about anything immediately. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember when you and I were doing this sort of work around Marvel movies and Game of Thrones episodes where you and I were literally studying source text of Game of Thrones to come up with ideas of what would happen and then make posts about it. We were also constantly trolling Reddit boards for like popular fan theories to see if they had any weight and like figuring out how to incorporate that and yeah. It's it's all harmless, but then it's also all deeply desperate and makes me sad. <laughs> it's it's a really complicated feeling that it arises in me. Well, I can say, and this is where WandaVision comes in. Uh so spoilers from now and if you if you saw watching WandaVision. Warning. We are entering the spoiler zone. I have watched WandaVision as a fan. I have not read fan theories. I have not read recaps. I have not been following the tag on Tumblr. I have just watched it. And things have happened and I've gone, wow. And that's it. So interesting. You and I, so now we are essentially like fandom civilians. We're not professionally writing about any of this content anymore. And we've, well, I mean, we, we, are, we do have a podcast. <laughs> we're doing it right now. We're doing it right now. This is happening right now. Um, but I think we've had different reactions to it where – I used to be a lot more scrupulous about what I would and would not believe. But right now, I am absolutely convinced that WandaVision will end with a Office-style episode where they reveal John Krasinski as Reed Richards and introduce the Fantastic Four. And nothing can shake my belief that that's going to happen, even though I absolutely know that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, it would make perfect sense, though, because he's like the perfect like TV-level character to hold the whole thing together. You could have him in all of the Disney Plus shows. It would also explain... I have a whole fan theory that this is what's going to happen. But it's it's interesting to me that now that I'm reading these boards, I'm not like looking for content to make content out of. I'm just looking for stuff that, as a fan, I want to read about. To the point where me and my buddy Jeff, who was on a very, 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 very early episode of this podcast, we watched WandaVision last Friday together, and then we spent all of Saturday watching YouTube videos together about what like it means that Quicksilver has come back. Well, not just Quicksilver. The wrong Quicksilver. I know. And what does it mean, Luke? What does it mean? It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Because even if it – like, but but this is happening in like – this level of like, like my level of like being into this is like happening in all kinds of different parts of fandom right now. I mean, to the point where someone on Reddit brought up the other day that if the new Spider-Man three movie is in a Spider-Verse movie and all of this is just completely made up bullshit, like people are going to go insane. Yeah. Because Reddit is. has convinced themselves that, that that's what that movie is going to be. And as a result, every other outlet convinced themselves of it as well. It's, Which also has had the, the fun thing of Tom Holland the other day was that coming out and saying, like, they're definitely not in it. Uh, I, I know they're not in it. I would have been told if they're in it. Which is both, like, A, uh, you would say that if you had to lie, and B, you would not be told because you are infamously <laughs> cannot keep a secret. Right. And then, like, there's all kinds of, like, weird accusations of, like, is Tom Holland actually doing a years long psyop where like he isn't actually unreliable and it's all just like a way to like spin the fact that he <laughs> leaked something by accident years ago or 
I mean, all of this stuff is so crazy and pointless, but then also makes up such a huge chunk of culture right now that it's got to be confusing for anyone who only like half cares about this sort of stuff. Well, this is kind of what I've been enjoying WandaVision as, as a pure fan who I'm, and I'm, yeah, I, you know, stuff leaks through, like you see things on like random websites, but I've not gone looking for any of it. And it's made my, it's, it has made my enjoyment of it a lot better. Did you finish Mandalorian? No. Do you know what happens at the end of Mandalorian? Yes. I have never experienced Which is, again, a problem. <laughs> yeah, it is a problem, and I'm very sorry. Uh, I won't spoil it for people listening, because it's just truly it's truly amazing. And, like, being able to experience that as a fan is on par with, like, me flying to London to watch Endgame with you. <laughs> and, yes. like, which I should point out, like, we did that as fans. You know, we're two people who have, like, gone through the entire Marvel Universe several times together for, like, for content purposes. But to just watch Endgame, to watch it, it makes me realize that I spent many years of my life trying to, like, turn being a fan into, like, a content thing. And it just, like, burned me out on it. And it's just, it has been really nice to just, like, watch a show and then be like, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which sounds so revolutionary and it's just not, yeah. you know? So yeah, I think the conclusion of this episode is that uh, the internet is bad. Um, well, it's a revelation. It's. Uh... I, I I think I think what is interesting is like this stuff isn't going away, and it's definitely not getting no. less popular. It's getting more popular, and it's also getting more nuts. And it does feel like we're reach we're gonna reach some kind of point. Like I thought we would have maybe reached this point with Star Wars, where like everyone lost their minds over the new Rise of Skywalker movie, but. We haven't, and, and it keeps happening. And, like, people, I mean, God, like, it, it, the Snyder Cut is real. <laughs> like, how do we exist in a world where the Snyder Cut is real? Like, all of this stuff is just getting crazier, and the possibilities are becoming more endless. You know, the idea of Spider-Man being in a Marvel movie with Captain America, if you told me that in 2012, I'd be like, you're insane. And so I, I guess I just don't know where this is going. Yeah, I don't know where this ends. It doesn't make any sense to me that it... It can go on forever, but I mean, the other part of this though is that we now are in a situation where content companies have complete control. Yes, which is another problem with all of this. Well, it isn't. It isn't because it they also it also means that they can release stuff on their own schedule and don't need to release trailers and talk about who's been signed for next season and do the next week on thing. They can just release an episode every week and be done with it. I mean, yeah, that's true. I guess I, but then it's also like, I don't know, part of me wants, and I think a lot of people want this where it's just like, what does it all mean? Why are we all doing this? I'm going insane. And it's like, <laughs> maybe there just isn't a reason for any of this. Maybe it's just like people like these things. So people write about these things. And then when people write about these things, people share these things. And then when people share these things, people write more stuff about these things. And then people make more stuff to feed that cycle. Well, there has, there has never been a meta theory of a show that I have found satisfying. But like in terms of a thing that they actually do in the show and reveal that it is all about X, partly because they never do that. Well, give me an example of what you're talking about. Like a lot of the fan theories are secretly the entire. I'm trying to think of a good one now. Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of going back to the Lost thing, where it's like the whole thing is this, and it's not the whole thing's not really that. It's just a bunch of different things jammed together in 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 a way that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, I guess the closest is probably. Uh, mad queen danny oh yeah yeah which sort of ended up happening but then didn't really happen yeah it just wasn't quite i mean it did yeah ended up happening in an unsatisfying way um do you want to see something do you want to see something crazy so I, i've been saving this just to, to show you so okay. um 
Reddit has a Marvel Studios spoilers subreddit, which is like an unhinged version of the normal Marvel subreddit. And someone posted what looked like a blurry screenshot of Magneto visiting Westview in WandaVision. <laughs> and then the artist who made it came out uh, a couple days ago. Uh, their name is FanVac Studios. And they revealed how they rendered a fake Magneto. But it kicked off this like entire content cycle of like, is Magneto coming to WandaVision? And <laughs> it's really interesting to me that like the reactions to this being revealed as fake weren't even that negative. Most people were just like, oh, this is actually pretty dope, though. This looks pretty cool. And so part of me wonders if like the future of, of this entire fandom world is that it just leaves the source material completely behind. And like if eventually fan creations get good enough or like people just like don't follow the main thing anymore, which has happened. I mean, that's basically Greek mythology. Like <laughs> at a certain point, if you can make it better than they and f- better and faster than what the actual creators can do, like you'll just leave them behind. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, maybe this is, yeah, it is a, the, well, no, it's not because it is again, these are central content companies that mean that you can't leave these things behind because there is content that I, I guess what we're saying is that the industrial the the fandom industrial complex means that the original text no longer matters to a degree yeah it's it's more about the meta discussion and then like your fan theories and your recaps and your reactions and your memes and like the derivative content from the main thing that becomes like it, it's it's kind of like how like i don't know anything that's going on in walking dead anymore right but like, I guess it's still happening because like people are, but, but yet the derivatives of Walking Dead still are out there. Like, like it still exists beyond itself in a way. Walking Dead actually is another good example of the over industrial fandom of, of TV shows. Dude, that got so bad. It was so annoying. Yeah. Speaking of content, Luke, because <laughs> we've been talking about it for an hour. <laughs> Uh, any content you've been consuming this week to stay sane? Um, I'm continuing reading the same universe I've been reading, which is the universe of American presidents. Ah, uh, the American president cinematic universe. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm now at Eisenhower. Uh, he is less interesting than Truman. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't he conclusion. drop? But he dropped the nuclear bomb. That's kind of interesting. No, that was Truman. Oh, <laughs> no, Truman no. was interesting because he dropped the nuclear uh, bomb. Okay. Eisenhower is just like I don't know, a soldier, kind of boring. Uh, it's kind of boring. Yeah. How about you? What content you've been consuming to stay sane? I just finished the first season of an anime, which I haven't talked about much on this show in a while. And <laughs> okay. it's going to be really hard to talk about it because I cannot tell you the premise of the anime because it's like a spoiler for the reveal in the first episode, which is mind-blowing. But it's okay. called Promised Neverland. It is extremely good. It is... About some kids at an orphanage. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go as far as that. It's on Crunchyroll. I highly recommend it. I just, I, I was so obsessed with it that I, I started watching the second season right after I finished the first season last night. And wow, the second season is not good. <laughs> it sucks total <laughs> ass. And I'm so mad. Um, but that, that the first season, uh, the tw- it's 12 episodes. And the 12th episode is one of the most riveting half hours of TV I've watched in a very long time. To the point where I was like almost shaking. It was very good. Um, and I wish I could tell 
more good stuff about why this show is great, but I don't want to ruin it for anyone that wants to watch it to the point where like my friend was protecting me from spoilers. Cause he's like, you just have to see this cause it's crazy. Um, so it's very good. Um, yeah. And, uh, I haven't read any, any discourse about it. I've just enjoyed it as a person, you know, which is also true. I don't read any discourse about anime at all because all anime fans are freaks that can't write properly. So I don't read anything about animes. I just watch them and I enjoy it a cool. lot. And I wonder if that's like part of it. That, I- yeah maybe it's like you're you're watching it without the discourse you can just watch it yeah interesting maybe discourse is bad interesting interesting Interesting. all right well thank you guys very much for uh listening to our show um i am going to try to redesign our theme song soon okay i've decided that we've grown past it cool (laughs) um i want to i want to have more musical elements in the show i slapped the one that we have currently together in an afternoon with a MIDI with a MIDI keyboard. Um, so I want to do something more fun. If anyone has any ideas about our theme song, please hit me up. Uh, oh, also, okay. if you subscribe to us on Patreon, um, I will be putting a link up to this uh, this week. But I sent around a Discord invite to everyone. Um, so if you aren't in the Garbage Day Discord and you want to join the Discord, you're more than welcome to. We had a big, long discussion about beans in there yesterday. It was very nice. Was that yesterday or was that two days ago? I don't know, man. This it's week. Fading into the same day. We had, a, we had a beans discussion at some point this week, and that was very fun. So please, please join us. Um, and uh, once again, thank you for supporting the show. Yeah, thank you. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.